Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. Well, we are in Season 5 of Matthew. We are going to continue our trek through Matthew. But before we go further, I want to look back a little bit. There has been, over the past month, a a phrase that keeps coming up that I think is worth uh, paying attention to because we've used it as a staff quite a bit. I've used it in a lot of personal conversations with Christians in in conversations recently. And it's a term taken from Finney Abraham's message on uh, the opening weeks of Compassion Immersion. Finney Abraham is our local compassion pastor. And during his sermon in Compassion Immersion, he talked about the story of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4. And he said that Jesus approached this woman and gave her, and had two things that he gave her, basically. Uh, the first was that he gave her truth. Uh, Jesus is the living water. He is the actual truth. But he also had a posture toward her. And the idea is that a posture without truth is just um, empty friendship. It's saccharine and it's non-transformational. But truth without posture is devoid of relational love and connectivity, which is one of the whole points of Jesus even coming to earth is to forge a relationship. So we all know this, that posture without truth and truth without posture are, they, they're incomplete. And Jesus is both the perfect posture demonstrated and the perfect truth. He is actually literally truth. Uh, so anyway, the reason I say that is because that idea of how Jesus shows that posture and what Jesus does is going to come out in this next um, couple of weeks as we study the miracles of Jesus. His posture toward humanity is one of self-sacrifice. He leaves heaven. He comes to earth. He did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself of all that to take the form of a a, a servant, even a slave, and to die on a cross. That's Jesus's posture toward us. And we're going to see today that uh, in an incredible story recounted in in Matthew 8 and in other gospels as well, in Mark and in Luke, uh, that Jesus's posture toward those who are desperate and desperately sick and desperate uh, in need of Jesus is one of, uh, it's just, it's it's exceptional. So as we stare at the posture of Jesus, I just want us to just be reminded that Jesus is one who came to earth and his posture toward us is one of incredible graciousness, incredible love, and a deep desire to heal humanity. Oftentimes in circles around the internet, you'll see Jesus as presented as almost a pugilistic uh, savior, one who wants to fight with the culture and make enemies and is quick to condemn. Uh, And I think often that says more about the people who are representing Jesus than Jesus himself. You don't see that very much, except uh, Jesus does have that attitude toward hypocritical religious leaders. That's who he brings out the big guns toward. But anyway, uh, enough of that. Let's have a conversation about Jesus's posture and what he brings to this uh, and, and, and truth, which is what we find in Matthew chapter 8. So with that, let's. Uh, I've got Steve Clifford and Karina Gerard here. Very excited about this conversation. It's really fun. And so let's dive in. I, I didn't come here to be insulted by both of you, okay? <laughs> wow. Hey, guys. Welcome. 
man, I'm excited for this because I, I love podcasts where there's three guests. I love it even more when it's you two. A uh, lot of lot of peppy. You guys have not done a podcast together. The last time me. was Satan or? Oh, uh, oh it been. I think Satan. <laughs> Satan was the last time. That must have been in Matthew, I'm assuming. Somewhere uh, no, in... no, it was the Unseen Realm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the oh, Unseen right. Realm. And that was we the last were, time uh, you guys. Talking about uh, spiritual warfare. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. well, we are back in the Bible, hey. guys. Very exciting. Back in Matthew. Imagine. We were in the Bible before. Wait, okay, that, that came back. We that came out to. weird. What yeah. I mean, we're back in the book of Matthew. There, there you go. That's what I meant to mm. say. Well, we were topically in the Bible. We we yeah. were not we were not like going through a book. Yeah. We are regaining uh, kind of steam. Let's just recap where we've been. We went through the Sermon on the Mount, which took, it felt like months. I think it was months. <laughs> it might have been a year. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've been here a while. Yeah. And then um, now we're out of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus comes down the mountain, and now we're going into a series of miracles. He's going to do a ton of miracles right in a row. And a lot of people group these miracles kind of all together We've decided to kind of pull them out because we think that they actually show something a little bit different about Jesus, each one. Uh, and you guys were on the first uh, miracle the, that Jesus does in, in Matthew chapter 8, and it's a little different than the others. It's a, a leper. So before we go any further, let's just talk about a leper approaching Jesus and his crew would have been actually probably pretty scary and terrifying for people. So let's get into that that context real quick because it's it's a little bit it's a disease that is is uh, would have would have probably frightened people. So as you guys were reading this, kind of how did you how did you think about that? Because that moment's kind of startling. Yeah, even before that, to me, it it, it says something really beautiful about Jesus. Um, a leper would not approach a rabbi at all. They, they would be the last of the people that they would... They might approach somebody if they were really desperate for food or something, but a rabbi never. Because a rabbi represents all of the division, all of the separation that's happening in the leper's life. So I, I, I actually think it's kind of cool... Because a rabbi that, represents the law in right, Leviticus? The, the law that is... That they're faced with every single day. Yeah, and let it, me, it is let a me, constant yeah. reminder. Let me read that. It's Leviticus 13. Uh, I have it in front of me. That's why I'm going to read it. Uh, it says, anyone with such a defiling disease, he's talking about leprosy, uh, must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face, and cry out, unclean, unclean. And as long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside of the, the city or the camp. So that's a that's a tough, tough go. I mean, to that's a that's a you have to cry out unclean everywhere you go, and you're not allowed to live with people. That's a that's a real tough assignment, right? And the and the enforcers of that law are the rabbis. Would right. be the rabbis. In fact, I read some accounts where they said um, rabbis when they were in an area where there were lepers, they would carry rocks. Oh wow! They would just they would that was their normal mode of walking to throw rocks, so that they had a rock ready to throw. My goodness! At a leper to make sure that he kept Ooh. his dis. Well, and now on the other side of it, let's let's give people a little bit of slack. You got to be scared to death. Okay, yeah, right. You don't know what causes this thing. Yeah, and it's a contagious disease that will kill you. Yeah. Yes, and but it, but it, you're dead way before you die. Yeah. 
yeah. which right. is a it's rough very disease. slow. Yeah. And you're completely removed from everybody in your family, everyone you love, every, everything that you've ever hoped for in your life is stripped away and gone. It is a miserable, I mean, that's not even adequate to say. Yeah, it probably is the worst thing that could have possibly happened to a person at this time period. It's, it's death physically, death emotionally, death socially, death spiritually, because you can never come into a place of worship. You can't go again. to the temple. Yeah. Right. It is absolute death. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And you see that when you read accounts of the time uh, of Jesus, you, you see that this is, this is just the worst. This is, this mm-hmm. is the absolute worst. Well, it's interesting because, uh, well, two things are interesting to me. The first is uh, there was a f- uh, kind of a famous book called The Gift of Pain, it was written by Philip Yancey and a doctor, Dr. Paul Brand. And they actually go into what leprosy is. I had no idea. I thought leprosy was like a, a disease that made your skin rot or something like that. And apparently what leprosy is, and you guys know, you guys want to share this? Because you probably know this. But it was news to me uh, that Hansen's disease isn't really a skin disease. It's a neurological nerve disease uh, that basically renders it impossible for your nerve endings to register pain. And so as a result, you hurt yourself. And then, of course, when you hurt yourself, then infection sets in. And the places you hurt yourself are on the extremities, like mm-hmm. your toes, your nose, your face, uh, your, your fingers. Because you can't feel uh, – and the whole, the whole point of the book, The Gift of Pain, is that um, pain actually stops us from hurting ourselves, right? You don't right. grab something that's hot or, or grab barbed wire and just run your hand along it because the pain centers get you to stop – Lepers don't have that, and so there's something really broken about that, and it really hurts the human body. So I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know a lot about it either, and so some of the research that I found, it's, it does damage where you can't feel, but, but it's also, it's working doubly. It's not just damaging the, the opportunity to feel, the, to have pain to protect yourself, but it also is, it begins in the skin, and it continues, it's like an, a very slow-moving acid, almost, that begins in the skin and then works down into the tissue, into the muscles, rotting the bones, oh, no. and eventually even eats up the organs. Yeah. So it's not it's a just, death it's disease. Not just, yeah. It's not just, it's way more than, oh, you just can't feel yourself, so you accidentally nick yourself every once in a while and eventually gets all infected and you die. It's not that. It's that plus. Got mm. it. Mm. Plus this erosion that's going on behind the scenes. So to, to be, go ahead, Karina. The, what well, just say? to say, this guy is absolutely desperate and we see it he throws himself on the ground in front of jesus he he there is no other recourse in his life and i think he's willing to risk the possibility (laughs) i mean he's just possibly heard jesus maybe at a distance uh deliver the sermon on the mount in which jesus displays two really unique things. I mean, he's very authoritative in the sermon. It says the people are amazed at his great authority. But at the same time, you hear in the Sermon on the Mount such tender mercy that blessed are like the most invisible, weak people. They are the ones who will inherit the kingdom. And so it's like, it's almost like, could it be? Not only could it be that he's the Messiah, but could it be that he's that merciful and gentle? And it's kind of his question. It's like, I actually believe you're powerful enough 
but are you really as good as you just sounded yeah. just now? Are you really that good? And that's what I love about what you see. Just the fact that the that the that the leper would approach and speak with Jesus. That he's not allowed to speak to people yeah. other than to say unclean. And he's not allowed to approach them except to say <laughs> no. the words unclean, right. unclean. Right. Yeah. And so to, there was something and and I believe that it's, it, he must have been listening from afar very carefully because had he been seen, he would be driven away. So he must have been listening to the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And, and there's something so beautiful. It, you think about we, when we were in the Sermon on the Mount, we said this, but this is one of those authenticating kind of situations. We said it's the greatest message ever preached. It's, it's, it's world-class and world changing, and you see it with this leper. He he comes and approaches Christ. Something about there's just I just think there's something beautiful about Jesus we don't usually get, and we have to slow down a lot to see how available and approachable the King of Kings. I mean, this was, was a mic drop sermon. If you think about <laughs> any any other uh, like famous preacher, if they just preached the best sermon on their of their life, now they want to go talk to magazines and television stations. They don't want to talk to an outcast. But here's like the amazing thing: it's it's the authority and the kindness, Con- kind the mercy, and compassion, the compassion, and mercy. Yeah, the it's gentleness. just beautiful. It's like, man. I just mic dropped, and now let me talk to this person that no one has talked to in yeah. who knows how long, that no one has touched in who knows how long. Like really demonstrating the countercultural rabbi that Jesus is. Yeah. It, this is radical. I love that you said that there's something about Jesus that makes this man either confident enough to throw himself down or desperate enough to think maybe perhaps. Yeah. Now, one of the other gospel accounts says he's covered with, so he's got advanced leprosy. Yeah. It's yeah. not just like he's yeah. got it on his hand or something. So he's got advanced leprosy. So he's pretty desperate. But you remember the 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 words that Finney gave us weeks ago about being on a quest mm. or being in a crisis or being in a crisis this man's in a crisis this man was on a quest that's how he got exposed to the teachings cuz something like that brought him there and then he realizes in the teachings this guy can help me mm. i think he could help me and i believe in faith he throws himself down and believes that and then he's also got the crisis of the very worst um, thing that could probably happen to a guy. So the opening lines of this do show something about Jesus, but they also show us a little something about the leper. Yes. And you hinted at this too. Um, what It says uh, that a man with leprosy came and knelt down before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. What did you, as you read that, Karina, what kind of things jumped out at you at this account from Matthew about this leper? Yeah, I think that the two really important pieces that jumped out to me is that he has great faith. He, he seems to have no doubt that Jesus has the ability somehow. He's more than a rabbi. He has the ability to make him clean. But he does have a question. Are you willing? And I, I think if he has heard the Sermon on the Mount, I mean, Jesus said a lot of very tender, kind things in that sermon. So the question is like, is, is that really true? Mm. And then would you waste your power on a wretch like me? Wow. On an invisible, unloved person such as myself, would you be willing to expend that authority, that power on me? I believe you can, 
but are you willing? Yeah, there's something unspoken that makes Jesus approachable, but there's there's tons of evidence that this guy comes. It says that he came and knelt before him, but in Mark it says he begged on his knees, and in Luke it says he fell on his face. Right, yeah. So the posture of the guy is mm. desperation and humility. Humility, for sure. And then he proclaims it even with his request. He calls Jesus Lord. Lord. Yeah. That is that that gets you killed in the first century. Sure. You've basically only Caesar's, only Caesar's, only Caesar's Lord. Lord. Yeah. That title only goes to Caesar, and there are Romans around. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's put his life on the line, and he's he's exalted Christ and said, "It strikes me that willing. both the awareness of God's sovereignty and power, coupled with the humility, are two benchmarks of prayer that we're going to see throughout the rest of the New Testament. This like deep belief that God can, but also humility would, you know, um, that he might waste. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to think about it. Waste he, your because power he would on have me. thought yeah. he's he's the least. He's the least of all. Um, yeah, it, it would. The whole society would prefer him dead. Yeah. Huh. That's a sobering thought. It'd just be easier, just yeah. if he were dead. Even his own family. Yeah. Hmm. Imagine how hard this is to see. Wow. If you're, you know, if you're this man's wife or children, and to know they can't, they can't do anything about it. They can't. They can't. If they violate the law. The, the uncleanliness was taken so seriously, and, and we talked about this in the message, but if he walked in a home, everything in that home is pronounced unclean. You have to th- throw away and burn every piece of cloth, every, every dish, every fork, every piece of furniture, everything is, I mean, it was... So I guess now would be a good time to, and I, I'm not, the emotional side of this, we're going to get to it, because I think it is the centerpiece of the story. I think it's the most important aspect of it, what it reveals about Jesus, but there is some. There's a little nerdy out time, which is the Levitical law on uncleanness. Um, Jesus is going to do other healings later, but this one in particular, it uses the word unclean a lot. So I think it'd be helpful to just talk a little bit about what does unclean mean in the Old Testament, because this is Jewish community understanding unclean, uncleanliness, and unclean is different than sin. And so it'd be nice to kind of unpack that for people because sin is like usually acts or volition of the will that violate God's holiness or goodness or his moral frameworks. Unclean usually has to do with death and decay. And the idea is that uh, that God's the creator of life. He's the creator. And Eden is a place of life. And therefore, death and decay can't be near God. And anything that has death or decay can't be near God because that's not who God is. So this is where there's all these really weird ritualistic laws in Leviticus. And as I was prepping for the Pentateuch, it was like all these weird laws like of reproductive fluids. It's like if you have any reproductive fluid that, you know, for women in their menstrual cycle, or for men or this, this, you can't come in. And the idea is that those are signs of life and they're leaking out. So therefore it's unclean. It's all these weird kind of unclean or non-life. But the idea is that unclean, uncleanliness leads to death, and that has no part in God's kingdom, that that's not what he's about. So it's kind of a, a different sort of, uh, like what that, that lesson would have been a little bit more clear to the, to the Jewish people than, than us. As you were looking at that, was there something about unclean that stood out to you in this? Because it's kind of a different thing than, for, for example, sin, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, I think what's powerful here and is demonstrating, again, Jesus' authority, and we're calling this particular uh, season of Matthew on good authority, uh, in the Levitical law, if anyone touches anything that is unclean, that uncleanliness is passed, transferred onto them. It's contagious. It's contagious. <laughs> they have yeah. cooties. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, the the uh, fifth grader book or whatever, the cheese touch. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my gosh, it's the most it's the most popular middle schooler book. Kids who are listening. Diary of a Wimpy uh, Kid. Yeah, di- yeah. Diary of yes. a Wimpy Kid. There's something called the cheese touch. All the kids know what I'm talking about right now. The cheese touch. It is contagious. Um, but here we see something very unique that they would have never, ever seen before. And instead of the leper transferring his uncleanness to Jesus, Jesus is so holy and pure, he transfers his cleanness to the leper, and the man is set free. It's kind of a reverse osmosis kind of thing. Yeah, in fact, uh, this is not called a healing. It's called a cleansing. Um, and each time that Jesus deals with leprosy, he deals with cleanliness, not healing. Because so, the man didn't sin, he just has a death problem. <laughs> and Jesus is taking away the death and impur- impurity or uncleanliness. Well, he has a sin, he has a sin problem. Well, I'm it, saying this, is not, this leprosy is not a it, symptom of that. Their understanding of how God deals with people is the rabbis taught no death without sin, no pain without transgression. In other words, this is, a, this is an individual act that you have committed that has brought this on you as judgment. See, we don't, we don't think about, we don't trace illness and sickness and bad things that happen to us um, to our own personal situation. We, te- theologically, we trace it back to the fall of man. And then the effects of That's sin, where sin and gener- death lag- come in. generationally yeah, yeah. Yeah, cause yeah. illness and sickness in our. It's not you didn't do something specifically to get leprosy, which was they would have thought that then. Mm-hmm. You didn't catch this from someone else. You got it because you sinned, you transgressed, and you you will die because of it. And so, in some ways, it al- it allowed them to justify their cruelty and separation of a leper because they're only carrying out God's judgment on them. Right, um, which is already there. But Jesus, Jesus, so lovingly and so cool, flips the script. Yeah, and transfers cleanliness to him, and actually, in cooperation with the Levitical law, asks this dude to comply with the Levitical law. Right. Well, we'll get there next. So next, what well. happens is it, it, it's not just that Jesus is approached by this guy; it's the way that Jesus responds. It's pretty. Shocking. I think it's probably at least as shocking as the leper falling down on his face is Jesus's response. Yes. More uh, shocking. But before we get there, I just want to say one more thing about this, this cleanness. I mean, this is really in a lot of ways a foreshadowing of what Jesus is going to accomplish on the cross. You know, in the same way that Jesus is transferring his cleanliness onto this leper, uh, this is what Jesus will do through his death on the cross for us. Mm-hmm. It is by his stripes, it's by his death that yeah. we are healed and set free from both sin and death. Uh, he, he is yeah. going to defeat both sin and death in this act. His, his righteousness is um, 
that complete. His holiness right, and purity powerful. are so big, right? Yeah, and and the New Testament, especially in the epistle language of what you'll find after uh, they begin to write about their understanding of what Christ accomplished, they will use, um, by your stripes we are healed, they'll use healing language, but they will also use cleansing language. Mm-hmm. That Ephesians, uh, Jesus cleansed the church. Um, um, he, Hebrews, he cleanses our conscience. Mm-hmm. He washes us and makes us clean. Um, even the even the famous verse of First uh, John one nine, you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us yeah. from our sin and purify us of all unrighteousness. Those that's that's this language. Yeah, yeah, and and so you can't miss it. You're right, Karina. That. Um, it, we're getting a taste of exactly what Jesus came to do and will ultimately do for all of mankind who embrace him by faith at the cross. Yeah. It reminds me of the Levitical uh, Day of Atonement where you got these two goats. One of them takes the sin out, and the other one makes us clean and right before God. So there's a cleansing, and then there's a, a removing of sin, sin and death, death on, the, on one. So it's just yeah. he's— Jesus just happens to be both goats. <laughs> Which is really important just in our daily walk with Jesus because there's this sense, you know, when you've recognized that um, there's sin in your life, there can be this voice of shame that comes and says, stay away, stay away. Uh, when actually the invitation is to come and to throw ourselves at, a, at his feet. And he makes us clean. And he's so willing to make Mm -hmm. us clean. Mm -hmm. He's not like, ew, get away from me. You're so gross. He's like, yes. At the moment you need it most, come right here as close as you possibly can. And let me touch you and make you clean. Right. Yeah, I do suppose it is pretty shocking because it's not like God can approach uncleanliness or sin. He does it all the time. But often when people bring that into his presence, death happens. So this leper is being super duper brave. But then let's get to the response. Because uh, Jesus' well, response, is, I think, is just as shocking as the leper's approach. Yeah, one of the things that, that uh, we don't get in this account... That we do get in other accounts? That we do get in, in, in other accounts in Mark, is that Lord, if, that phrase, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. By the way, that's the exact same phrase in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's one of the few things... That's exactly the same. There's little little cool changes in the storytelling, but that phrase is exactly the same. And in Mark, it says uh, that um, what what's Jesus? It's in the NIV. It's it's translated. Jesus was indignant. 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 And it's a word that every other time in the scriptures is translated actually angry or has anger. And you think about this, Jesus, Jesus was not only approachable enough and kind enough that the, that the leper would risk this. When Jesus sees up close the effect of sin and how wrong it has gone, yeah. he, is, he is indignant We about see it. the same word at the resurrection of Lazarus. Yes, he's, in John 11. He's so he has mad the same that reaction. his friend has died. He's so just... 
right before the Jesus wept verse, yes. it's he's angry. He's angry. He is moved he, inside of his He's angry that sin has ushered in death into his perfect world. You know, it is good, it is good, it's good. Oh, no, and now so it's a, sin and yeah, death. There's yeah. a little insight here. So he's that, not yeah. pissed at the dude. No, no, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. He's super mad at the situation. He's just, right. yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. He, he knows, he saw creation created he saw it in the state that God intended. Yes. And now he sees how sideways it's gone. And it just I think it just breaks his heart. I, Indignant is a hard it's a hard word to translate because we don't really know what's going on, but John 11 gives us a little bit of clue mm. in that it's a it's like this churning inside of your gut yeah. reaction at the at the very base level of of just I, which goes to the answer because he says I'm willing. I think Jesus wants him healed more than he wants to be healed. I agree. I think Jesus <laughs> wants you to be set free more than you want to yeah. be set free. He, he, he Man, wants you to can bring sit with that for healing a while, you? and liberation more than we Amen. want it for our own selves. Amen. Yes, he's willing. He's like, yeah. oh my gosh, am I willing? Boy, <laughs> I'm willing. And it's like he can't wait any longer because the, the scriptures now in all, the, all of the different texts say, then the leper came as close as he was able, probably mm. six feet, shelter in place, kind of six feet distance. <laughs> But then Jesus initiates and closes the gap and reaches to him. Yes. In every one, it's Jesus who initiates the touch. Yeah, yes. he doesn't reach out to Jesus. Jesus reaches. Which again, to him. shocking, shocking, shocking. That people that's, would have gone. That's nuts. that's more shocking even I think than Everybody the lepers. Everybody watching this, their jaw has <laughs> yeah. dropped. Yeah. yeah, God. Yeah, and and that's the way it always. God initiates. We love because God first, first loved us. us. He yeah. is reaching out. He is reaching out to you and I. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. And if you think about it, I am willing, that sentence is more than just, I'm willing that you'd be clean. Look how willing Jesus would be. Later on in the story, we're, we're going to get there in 2029 when Jesus goes to the cross. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, I mean, look how willing. Look yeah. how willing Jesus is. And then he yeah. touches him, which is, I'm willing, the statement, I'm willing, and then the movement toward, and yes. then the touch. The goodness of Jesus Doesn't is that like seem like blowing that's, your mind. And that, yeah. That's a sermon or two. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. Incredible. Uh, then there's this weird thing, and help me get through this, because <laughs> you would think that Jesus would be like, now go tell everybody, and he kind of doesn't. He mm. actually says, uh, "Go." well, he does say, see that you don't tell anyone. And then he says, go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded, as a testimony to them, this is the way in Levitical law, if you get cleansed or healed, you, you're allowed to reenter society. Yeah. So Jesus is basically saying, hey, I want you to do what you can to get back into society because now he gets to go back to his family, his friends, normal. I mean, this is mm. this is not just winning the lottery. This is basically it's de facto resurrection is what it is. I've, I've heard, you know, you know what you, you get when you play a country record backwards. <laughs> You get your wife back, you get your dog back, you get your truck back. It's like this All is the, happening for the man. Back. He's getting everything back. He's That's getting hilarious. everything back. Why this don't tell anyone? Uh, what's going on there? How did you make sense of, of that? Because it, it seems like yeah. Jesus does that a couple times. Well, this is the very beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, and I, I think he's trying to slow down his crucifixion. If he comes out guns blazing, he's going to get crucified right away. He's like, I need three years to to get this done so i think he is trying to this is before slow. social media right. i suppose yeah yeah and jesus's mission self-proclaimed by christ himself was i came to preach i came to preach the good news i didn't come to heal he does that to authenticate the preaching but i mean 
he, I think he knows the crowds are going to get so unmanageable that I'm not going to be able to, to do what I've come to do. So I, I think Karina's right. He's, yeah. he's trying to slow down the process. I think he's doing something else very, in a very sly way, too. Man, I, this is just my guess. Mm. But I actually think he's daring the Pharisees and the rabbis to authenticate his his miracle because they're going to have to authenticate sending him it. to the temple. Yes, absolutely. They are. They yeah. are. Sen- he's sending him, and they must investigate in order to, uh, to authenticate yeah. that this guy's now reinstated. They have to investigate what's happened. Yeah, and he's he's probably looking around, going, "I got crowds already out the gazoo." Well, that's, he that's, says this. He says take, this later. He says this. This is rabbis. a testimony to them. And this phrase would be used a couple different times. It's you, uh, that identical phrase as a testimony to them is used in uh, Matthew ten eighteen and then later on in twenty four fourteen, where the testimony clearly refers to Jesus himself and his work. Right? Yeah. And he says, "I want you to go present yourself to the priests as a testimony to them." Maybe there's a sense that Jesus is saying, "Look, the the priests when they start investigating and seeing, they're going to not see me as a teacher or some guy or some zealot." They might actually come. They might see. Maybe there's a sense in which Jesus is like, this is going to be a testimony. The word testimony is tied to witness, and that's that's actually a positive word in the New Testament. Maybe Jesus is like saying, hey, the priests need to know about this too. Yeah, actually a witness is a pretty negative word. But uh, the word witness in the New Testament. and it, Yeah, it's it, the word martyr. In, in uh, Well, in reference to the Christian life. Right. right. I, but I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to— he's, These guys aren't going to come listen to me preach— let me just send a message to him. Oh, a little contra- it's a message in a bottle. Oh, a little. Right. You think, <laughs> so you think it's a, a little confrontational? I think I think he because he's going to have problems with the. Here's these the deal, religious and this leaders. is hard. I think he obviously expressed his great love for this leper. He also loves the rabbis. He does. That yeah. will yeah. kill him. He loves yeah. them. Yeah. Some with will. Some will. Some. Some. Yeah. Of the some will. Some will come. Some will turn. Yeah. And I think he. This is an effort for him, looking around, going. Let me just. Bro- let me just use their own their own game against them and challenge them to investigate this, what happened with this dude's life. Also, you know, Jesus demonstrates several times kind of playing by the rules, you know, like for example, he didn't need to be baptized. There was nothing he needed to repent for, but he said, I'm getting baptized so that you guys see like you should be baptized kind of thing. And I think in a way him sending this man to, to go and show this to the priest in the temple is saying, you know, I'm not here to abolish the Old Testament. I'm here to fulfill it. I want yeah. you to see. He's not a lawbreaker. I'm yeah. actually fulfilling Isaiah 61, mm-hmm. which is the first thing he reads. He walks into a right. synagogue right, right after he's baptized and he goes out into the desert for 40 days. He walks into a synagogue, opens up Isaiah to chapter 61 and says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord's upon me. And here's the things that will happen in the new kingdom, which involves setting free the captives and healing the sick. And here I am, guys. So I think um, in a way, playing by the rules authenticates also his authority. Yeah. That he's not a heretic. He's actually coming to fulfill all of the Old Testament law. Yes. And Jesus' healings will disclose his unparalleled authority in the coming chapters over sickness and his unique authority over, you know, his preaching and teaching authority has already been established. The Sermon on the Mount, we just took a lot of time. But so there's this double authority thing that's happening here, and it's mm-hmm. going to be authenticated. Yeah. Uh, but to your point, and I love how you guys landed this, this is really uh, an astonishing, uh, 
I think the word it came to my mind is provokes worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really hard to stare at this and not be like, oh, who who is like this man? Like if somebody who's super sick, like I think about all the zombie when somebody's <laughs> you know, like somebody's super sick. What's the first thing that we do as humans? We recoil. We recoil. I would recoil. Like it just mm-hmm. is. And Jesus, we don't have to think back. In just a couple of weeks, it's the three-year anniversary of COVID. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we sheltered in place and and divided off and yeah. got people in. would cross the street to the other sidewalk if they saw you coming. Yeah, and would leave leave the line in the shopping line if you started coughing. Oh yeah, you would. Oh man, still if today, you if you start if you, coughing, if you it's cough like, out uh, in public, it's like ah. <laughs> Yeah, so we have a, we have a taste of it. We, we have yeah. a small, yeah. a small Not, fraction, a small, very yeah. small fraction. Yeah. But this is that Jesus doesn't do this, and it's it's just astonishing. It 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 really is. So, and and to close, what did you learn about G- or learn? What did this passage re uh, ignite in you when you when you when you looked at it? I mean, just absolutely moved by the kindness of God towards mankind he is kinder than you think yeah mine was um that kindness that you're moved to is available to everyone your excuses Mm. to turn from christ are are bogus and sophomoric and selfish because and you can cover it up however you want to but him coming to a leper to the least of the culture and initiating this kind of conversation and saying, be clean. He wants to say that same thing to everybody, to every single person, yeah. every, every person ever born. And so it, he initiates it. I was moved by that. Um, but there's nowhere too low, nowhere too oh, far. There's, there's, yeah. You can't go, you can't race, you can't outrace the reach of the grace of God. Um, and there's there's a thousand corny statements about you know yeah. that we've used in the church, but it's true. It's true. God loves you that much, and 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 I think that the church is full. It's full of people who, because of patterns and some bad decisions, um, have made mistakes, and those mistakes have turned to shame, mm-hmm. and that shame. Um, they're not experiencing the abundant life, the that's life right. that's called really life, the, the, the life that we were created for, and, and for, the, for the dumbest of reasons. I mean, forgiveness is absolutely extended to you. No, God isn't looking upon you and, and being repulsed. He's actually seeing your leprosy and wanting to cleanse it. Yes. Right? So and oh, it's just, I and am that willing. is the God. I he is still willing. saying, I am willing today. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's instructive also for us who uh, my instinct sometimes is to recoil, just in general. Just oh wow, that's that's wow, that's icky, um, but that's rough. Uh, and Jesus just isn't shocked, moves right into it. And I think he wants his people to be <laughs> yeah, offering that's, that. That's a good word. Yeah, yeah. If for people who are followers of Christ. Not only do we receive that, but we are to be embodiers of that out in the world. So. Run to the darkness yeah, and shine right? the light, I think, man. I think you just recently said, just as God loves the sun, the sun loves us, and we are to love others in that same way. It's a continuous, it's the same kind of love that we're to model all the way through. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that means stuff like this. Yeah. 
It means finding where finding where we're turned off and turned away from and being willing to step into it. Yeah. Well, Karina and Steve, thanks so much for walking. Again, we just talked for half an hour, and you guys each preach for half an hour, and that's just on four verses. Uh, it's so, it's, I love this stuff. This is so I, great. Join love, us in 2050 as we continue <laughs> in the Gospel of I, Matthew. I like that we're going slow. <laughs> no, I love I, you it. Know, I, I love like it too. Because <laughs> again, we could have just, we, uh, we could have just done th- uh, these three and, and said, hey, Jesus has power to heal. But uh, next week, we're going to look at the centurion. And then the week after that, Peter's mother-in-law. There's a mother-in-law joke in there somewhere. Mm. I don't know where it is, mm. but it's pretty funny. Anyway, so thank you guys for being with us. And uh, thanks for helping us stare at Jesus and the compassion of the king here, which is incredible. Just in, Not just the authority. Uh, that kind of maybe goes without saying. It's his compassion that is moved out in this, uh, in this. Thanks for highlighting it and helping us see it. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Just want to say thanks again to Karina and to Steve for stopping by. Join us next week when we dive deep into the second miracle listed in Matthew 8, where Jesus heals a centurion, a Roman soldier. Actually, he doesn't heal the Roman soldier. He heals the Roman soldier's uh, servant. So that's even more interesting. We're going to dive into that. And so Jake, Kim, and I will be there to talk about that. So we'll see you next week. <laughs>